Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. To get us started today, I want to start uh, this way. I want to start by telling you a story about my son, Elijah. Many of you know Elijah. Uh, This is a picture of him. He's our 14-year-old son. He's a pretty good-looking kid. He takes after his dad. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But I want want to talk to you about and tell you a story about, uh, not one uh, current story about Elijah, but a story of Elijah when Elijah was born. Uh, So there'll be a couple pictures of Elijah. This is Elijah. This is actually the day of Elijah's birth. Um, and so, uh, tell you a little bit of the story. So, Lee and I uh, go to the hospital, those kind of things, and uh, she's in labor. She's in labor for a long time. This is the first baby, so there's lots of things, right? Lots of time and energy and all those kinds of things. So, then uh, there's not a lot of progress. Things are not happening, and so they decide that they have to use the vacuum to get Elijah out. And so, they're, and Lee is pushing for three hours, all kind of things. Are, things are not going according to necessarily the way that we'd want to or plan. But finally, Elijah comes out. Okay, he's out, and of course, the first thing they do, right, when a baby is born, what do they do? They give the baby to the mom, there's this moment, and then after a little while, they take the baby, so they take Elijah, and they put him on this scale, right, because they got to get his weight and height and all that, that kind of stuff, and so I'm being the good dad I am, right, I walk over, and, and still like being with Elijah, I'm trying to like, man, my son, this is my boy, this is my firstborn, all those kind of things, and all of a sudden, I look on his left leg, and I don't know if you can see it in this picture, but right here on his left leg, there was this big black and blue thing, looked like a massive bruise. And so I asked the nurse, I said, um, what's that? She goes, ah, I don't know. Maybe he has brittle bone syndrome and he broke his leg on the way out. How many of you know that that wasn't what a dad wanted to hear, right? And I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah. And she kind of kind of see it here just a little bit, uh, a little bit more. And so we're starting to freak out. We're like, what is going on? This is our first child. We have no idea what's happening, all this kind of stuff. So then uh, they run some tests and do this thing where we finally get in our room and the pediatrician comes in and the pediatrician says, oh, that's no big deal. It's just a hemangioma. If you know anything about medical stuff, it's just a birthmark. That's all it is. It's just a birthmark. So he's got this birthmark on his leg and they ended up doing laser treatments on it for like a year because they were afraid it was going to get up in his hip socket and he wouldn't be able to walk well and all those kinds of things. And so as Elijah grew up... um, and I did get permission from Elijah to share this story this morning because I'm actually sharing about his body a little bit, right? Um, so as Elijah grew up and he started to be able to t- t- talk, one of the things that when people, he had a swimsuit on or something like that on his left leg, you'd ask him, you'd say, hey, Elijah, what is that thing? And he would tell people, he goes, that's my marker. He'd say, that's my marker. And we thought it was super cute at the time and all the kind of things and all those kind of things. And so, but, um, but I thought, you know what? In some senses, that is his marker because there's nobody else in the world that has that marker like Elijah. He has been marked, identified. Like if anything ever happens to Elijah, all we got to do is look for his left leg and we'll know that it's him, right? He's got this identifier. Now, I start with that because I want to submit to you this morning that I think every single one of us in the room, we have been born with a marker. Every single one of us. Not necessarily a physical one like Elijah, uh, you know, this, this birthmark on his leg, but we all have been marked, folks, by the God of the universe, We have been given an identifier, which is what we're going to really focus on most of our time together this morning talking about. Um, And I think it's an important topic to discuss this morning and really as we enter into a new year, because I think many people, many people probably in this room might get that confused, that marker, that identity. 
And it could be the single most missing, it could be, listen to this, it could be the single most missing piece of some of your lives here this morning is understanding this mark you have been given by a holy God. A couple scriptures, Jeremiah 1, 5. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, and then underline this, I set you apart. And I, and I love this verse because, see, the truth is, before we were even born, folks, we were marked. Before we were even carried in the womb, God gave us an identity. And actually, you may not know this, but he gave us his identity. It says in Genesis 1.27, it says, So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them male and female. He created, so that's super, that is a big deal. That is a massive deal that God has created every single one of us, you and the person to your left, the person to your right, every single one of us in the room has created us in his name. He's marked us with the identity of himself. Who he is, his DNA. Psalm 137, 13, for you, God, created my inmost being, for you knit me together in my mother's womb. You see, we've been given an, an identifier, folks. And identity is named, we're, we're identified by the creator of the universe. And so as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about um, how, um, like when a painter paints something on a canvas and then, and then they sign their name. This is actually one of uh, the pieces I have actually above my mantle in my living room. And it was actually done by, if you can see this down here, it's by Lydia Young. It's a friend of mine, Lydia Young. Um, she's here in the area and a great, great artist. And so I was thinking about this as because I was sitting on my couch, I was working on the message and I looked at my mantle and I looked at that and I thought, you know, like, it's like when a, a painter, uh, after they're done painting, puts their name on the canvas. Um, it makes, it makes the, the painting not just a cool piece of art, right? But it gives the painting an identity, a depth of meaning because of the person who actually created it. I also thought about um, these two people right here, Woody and Buzz, right? I thought about the fact that like having Andy written on the bottom of their foot, right? If you know the Toy Story films at all, those four letters of Andy weren't just a name, right? No, see, those four letters meant purpose and meant the world. See, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just warn you up front, folks, I'm going to dive deep into this today, is that the truth of the matter is that you and I have been given a depth of meaning and purpose in this life. It is not meaningless. And it can mean the world like it did for Buzz, like it did for Woody, if we realize it, if we embrace it. Because how many of you, if you saw those films, Woody finally embraced that and what happened in his life, it changed, didn't it? So I want to focus on that this morning. And to do that, I want to dissect a verse from 1 Peter chapter 2. And it's going to be a single verse we're going to camp out in today. But I think there's some depth in just one verse. And so it comes from uh, verse 9 of uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. So it says this. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. I'd say that's an identifier. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. It's one verse. Let's read it again. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. So the title of our talk today is Marked, The Truth of Our Identity. And what we're going to do today is we're going to explore two reasons why realizing and embracing, folks, our marking of God, our true identity is not just important but crucial. 
It's crucial in this life. But before we uh, dive in too deep, I want to pause and pray. So if you would pray with me, and then I'll give you a couple things to write down and think about. So let's pray. So God, I pray that this morning as we spend the next few minutes dissecting this verse, that God, that you would come, Holy Spirit. Come and, and move among us this morning. God, that you would do a mighty work in us, that you would do supernatural things, God, that no human can do but the power of your spirit among us today because we know the Bible tells us that when two or more gather, you are here. So God, do a mighty work in us this morning and change us. Let us encounter you, O holy God, so that we would be, we would grasp this idea moving into another calendar year. We thank you for this time. We give it to you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we have two points today. You can write this first one in on your handout. Knowing we are marked, right, that we're God's special possession helps keep us, one, mission-focused. Mission-focused. Get this uh, from our verse. Uh, it says, but you are chosen people, royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Then, and then this is what I want to focus on this point, that you may declare the praises of him who's called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And, and so I, I was, as I was studying this, I was putting this together. That was the first thing that I noticed beyond the special possession besides the marking itself. And I thought, man, you know what, folks, we have a job. We, you and me, we, we actually have a job. And the text says is to declare the praises of him. Our job is to praise God with our lives and ultimately help others do the same. That's our job. Beyond anything else in this life, that is our duty. That is our job. And, and, um, and when we know our marking, when we know our identity in Christ, much like Woody and Buzz knew that their identity was in this amazing child of Andy, it keeps us focused on that task. Because how many of you know Woody's direction changed and he was focused then? Keeps us focused on that goal, focused on the things, rather than focused on the things of this world, we are mission focused. How many of you know that we can get really caught up and anxious about things that, yes, they matter, but they really don't matter that much in this life? Right, like, and, and then what we can do is we can sometimes identify ourselves. Yes, they matter, but we can identify ourselves by those things and they really don't matter that much. Like we can identify ourselves by what we do for a living. We can identify ourselves by the things that we have, our possessions and, and our, okay, our car broke down and, and this, oh, we've got this really nice thing. And we can identify ourselves by those things. We can identify ourselves by our circumstances. We can also uh, identify, and this is a really common one, we can get caught up and we can identify ourselves by our past rather than our future. But you see, those things do matter Got to have a job. Things going to break down. Relationships are not always easy and fun. The past is the past. But see, when we, when we let those things identify us, be our marking, see, we lose focus on the ultimate task of praising God in through our lives and letting others do the same and giving a chance to others to see the same. I was reminded um, this week of, of a pretty extreme example of someone that I actually think does this well and is doing this well and has done this well. Um, Someone who I think from what we can tell in the media um, has really realized and embraced his identity in Christ despite his circumstances. Um, some of you probably uh, remember this in the news, but back in 2015, there was an Indianapolis pastor whose wife was brutally murdered with their unborn child. This is Davy Blackburn. How many of you have heard, uh, remember this story? 
So I was reminded of it this week, and um, obviously devastating story, absolutely heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching story in the midst of this. Um, but I remember a few years ago when this was unfolding that I was absolutely inspired by Davy and his response a few days and a few weeks after this tragedy. And so to remind us, I actually have a video clip. So I want to take a look at this video, and then we'll go on. Police believe an intruder entered the house on Tuesday morning and shot Blackburn in the head. They say Davy found his unconscious wife after returning home from the gym. Their one-year-old son, Weston, who was in the house during the attack, wasn't harmed. Amanda was 13 weeks pregnant. The greatest asset that God has to build his kingdom is the family unit. In 2012, the young couple moved to Indianapolis from South Carolina to form the resident church, where Davy is the lead pastor. We were actually set up on a blind date. They often use Sunday sermons and online videos to discuss marriage and relationships with their church community. Your wife is to be your best friend, someone that you should be willing to lay your life down for. On Wednesday, Davy posted a message on the church's website. There's no way to prepare yourself for circumstances like these, he wrote. I hold firm to the belief that God is still good, that he takes our tragedy and turns it into triumph, and that the best truly is yet to come. So I was totally inspired by, uh, by him. The lights, there you go. I was ins inspired by uh, his response when I saw that on the news that, hey, I still hold firmly to the belief that God is good and the best is yet to come. His wife was just murdered and his un unborn child. I'd say that Davey is a guy, at least from what we can tell in the media, I don't know the guy personally, but from what we can tell in the media is a guy that knows he is marked. That he has an identity in Christ. Since 2015, he no longer actually pastors a resident church, unfortunately, due to, I think, probably the circumstances of trying to lead in the midst of this tragedy. Uh, they actually just closed the doors of the church uh, this last year. But um, since all that time, he's now written a book called Survival in Trial and Thriving in Trial. He's designed an 11-week uh, an video course called Pain to Purpose to help people live, learn, and lead through pain as a part of what he now calls his Nothing is Wasted ministry. You see, Davey, has not let this mark him. He has not let this become his identity. He stayed focused on the ultimate task, which is to praise God, and now he's helping other people do the same thing. As best, he's, as best he can, he's doing it. And yes, he's had some ups and his downs, right? He's just lost the, the reality of this church that he moved from, uh, I think Colorado is what they said, uh, to come and plant. How many of you know that losing his, his wife and his unborn child could have broke him? How many of you know losing his church could have broke him? I know, it, I know if, if, if I, heaven forbid, I ever have to go through something like that with my, my wife, right? But if I know if I would have lost my wife and my unborn child, if I would, it, honestly, if I would lose this church at any point in time, it would be devastating. But you see, what, what I'm hoping is happening in me as I follow Jesus is that, that my hope, folks, I love you all and I love my wife, but I hope my hope is not in you. My hope is in the one who has created me, who has marked me, who has given me my birthmark long ago, and that is what I want to focus my life on. I have a job to praise him with my life, whether things are good or bad in my life, and I think Davey is doing that. I'll tell you what, I want to grow up and be like that guy. First Peter 1. 
It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is a living, folks, it is a living hope that we have been given. It's alive and active, and it gives us the ability in the midst of challenging circumstances and situations to stay mission-focused, um, even when it doesn't feel like we can. But see, we have, to, we have to be confident in our identity to utilize it. First Corinthians, or sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though we outwardly are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but see, what is unseen is eternal. You see, embracing what's on the inside of us, when we embrace what's on the that's what makes the difference. That is what gets renewed day by day. That's the stuff that is eternal and is not temporary. How many, are you catching this this morning, how important this is? Write this statement in on your handout. Truly knowing I'm God's first sets the stage for a complete life. Truly knowing, that, and that's important, truly knowing I'm God's first sets the stage for a complete life. For staying focused on the real task in this life, which is living for our creator God. Sharing that with other people, which is really what truly brings wholeness in our lives. I mean, you know, we can, we can try to fill that void with lots of things and it will never work. And here's the really cool thing about it, is that it's kind of a privilege that we get to hold this identity. It's kind of a privilege. It says uh, back in our, our verse, in verse 9 of 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, but you are a, look at this, chosen people. Those of you in the room that you're a follower of Jesus, um, if you're here and you're exploring Jesus, we're glad you're here. Keep exploring Jesus. But those of you that are here and you're a follower of Jesus, see, we have to remember that there was once a time that we weren't following Jesus. We, we didn't know that this identity in Christ was even available to us, but by his amazing love and his amazing mercy and grace for us, he has drawn us to himself. And, and, and actually it's been, and now we get to live in this privilege of, of, of this identity of an amazing an ama, uh, amazing. Father, holy God. So God, G-O-D, has not been written on the bottom of our feet, but it's been written on our hearts and our souls. Amen? And really, even those of you that are here and you're followers and you're not following Jesus, you're just exploring Jesus, it's what, it, what, it's what awaits you if you just so choose to grasp it. There's a, a guy here at the church, his name is Josh Courtney. It'll be a picture of Josh, it'll come up on the screen. He's a firefighter in the Mishawaka Fire Department. And uh, just recently, I, I asked him if I could share this this, this morning, but uh, just recently he was uh, chosen to be promoted to captain, which was a pretty big deal. Uh, and he was really excited about that. And so I thought about Josh this week because I'm pretty confident that Josh would tell you uh, that it is a privilege to now hold the title captain in the department. It is a massive privilege. One that I know he will not take lightly moving forward in his job. And so when I was thinking about uh, this privilege of, of this identity of Christ, folks, I think that we should look at our spiritual identity that way too. A privilege. This is a privilege that we get to carry God's name. I think if we did that, we would get less caught up. I would get less caught up 
in things that, yes, might be important for certain things, but really don't matter that much. And so I'm going to do something that we've done several times. We do every now and then around here at Cornerstone, but I'm going to actually pause the teaching for a moment. I'm going to have you do something that I call a 60-second question. And this is just an opportunity for you to talk to somebody next to you. It could be somebody you know. Um, and I would love it if you don't know them. And you, because again, we're about relationship here at the church. And so if you turn around and say hi to somebody that you don't know, that'd be great too. All right, but I want you, uh, basically, there's going to be a question in a second that's going to come up on the screen. And when it does, I want you to take the, uh, the 60 seconds, 30 seconds, and answer this question. You can go ahead and put it up. <clears throat> All right, my identity is found mostly in, and then answer this question, others, stuff, circumstances, past, or Christ. And really, I want you to be a detective on yourself this morning and be honest. Be honest with yourself. Don't tell somebody just because you want them to go, oh, it's Jesus. It's great if it's Jesus, right? I, I, that's, but I would tell you that if I answered that question, I don't think my answer would be Christ all the time. So I want you to really think about that and I want you to take 60 seconds and I want you to talk to somebody about that next to you. Ready, go, do that now. All right, 30 more, 30 more seconds, 30 more seconds. Okay. All right. Bring it back in. Bring it back in. I know that was not a lot of time to discuss a really important question. Um, but uh, here's, here's what I was thinking when I was, and I wanted you to kind of process that just a little bit. I think it's important for us to really truly identify kind of where we sit today or maybe where we've been in the future, because whatever our answer may be, the reality is identity what we choose to live out to other people, it plays a key role in what can bind us up. What can knock us off course of keeping our eyes on Jesus and his blueprint for our lives, your life and my life. And I don't know about you, but I wanna be more uh, on the ways of Jesus, his greater purpose and his greater plan for me rather than engaging things in the end that may just be irrelevant, that may be inconsequential. So I think it's important for us. And really, I, I would encourage you if, if, to consider that question more the rest of this week and as you enter the new year. I think it's a great question to consider for yourself. So that's point number one. Knowing we are marked helps keep us mission-focused. Second thing, we already touched on this already a little bit, but knowing we are marked helps keep us positively charged. Positively charged. Back in our verse, verse 9 of 1 Peter chapter 2, second part says that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Folks, it is wonderful to live in the light of our identity. It really is. 
Being out of darkness and it will keep us bent towards good stuff and be positively charged in our life. Now, will, will life be perfect? No. Life is still gonna be tough. We're still gonna have challenges. But, but the reality is even Jesus said in John 16, it says, in this world, you will have trouble. Like we're promised, we're gonna have trouble in this life. But it also says, right, in Philippians 1, 6, it says, and I'm sure of this, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So he, God, has begun a long ago, as we talked about just a minute ago, has begun a long ago, a good work in you. And he will, he will bring it to completion. Meaning if we settle, folks, if we can settle our identity crisis, if we can settle our identity crisis and live out of that, the good work, which that's an important two words there, the good work will keep coming and more will be complete in us. How many of you would rather live complete than incomplete? Yes. See, this is a key to completeness. Good stuff will come. Psalm 1. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person, that person is a tree plant, is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. I love this part. Whatever they do, say with me, prospers. That is a phenomenal chunk of scripture. See, there's something to this, this identity thing, if, to walking out this life and our true identity, our true marking of Christ, um, rather than so many other things. There's success and favor and blessing possible in the midst of it here and there. Now, I'm not saying that, oh, you, you follow Christ and life is gonna be happy and, and go lucky and all this kind of, but the reality is, is that I, as I've walked with Jesus now for several years, I, the reality is as I walk with Jesus, there is significant things that come because I'm walking in his ways. There's positive things that come that would not come otherwise. Then final verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding or my understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. See, it is wonderful to live in the light of our identity in Christ. When we do the truth is life, folks, when we, when we live in our identity in Christ, life can knock us down and can knock us down and can knock us down, but we can just keep getting back up and getting back up and getting back up. I was thinking about the idea of getting knocked down and getting back up this weekend. Um, my wife and I, it reminded me of a TV show that my wife and I are really into right now. It's called Person of Interest. How many of you seen, anybody seen Person of Interest? A couple of you? Man, we are hooked, baby. Like this is like Netflix binge watch, you know, multiple episodes and the thing comes up and says, are you still watching? Yes, we're still watching. All right. All those kind of things. So we're binge watching the show. And so for those of you that don't know uh, what the show is about, uh, in the show, the government has a, a system. It's a machine, all right, that uh, uses phones and computers and TVs and surveillance cameras and all those kind of things to spy on everybody every day, every hour. Um, and uh, essentially what's design was to uh, figure out how to stop terrorist attacks. Okay, but it sees everything. 
right? And sees even uh, crimes, violent crimes involving normal people. There's not, they're not terrorists, all those kind of things. And the government chooses not to do anything about those because they're like, well, we're, we're, we're just focused on terror attacks. And so there's this guy who's the designer. This guy right here, uh, his name is Finch. And, uh, and so he's the designer. And so he's like, you know, these people are not um, just numbers. They're not just insignificant. So we need to do something about this. So they, he kind of gathers a group of people together and says, uh, maybe we can stop these crimes. Maybe we can save some lives. And so there's uh, this guy, this character, this guy right here is, uh, his, is Jim Caviezel. You may know him from being Jesus in The Passion of the Christ, right? Have you seen Passion of the Christ? Okay, good. All right, so this is Jim Caviezel, uh, and he plays a guy, uh, his name is John Reese. And John is a, um, is a ex-CIA operative who uh, is kind of invincible. Like this guy, like no matter what he goes up against, whatever he finds himself into, he just tends to get up and walk away. He can walk on, he's always alive right? Um, so whether that's multiple assailants, hand in compact, guns, grenades, bombs, whatever, he walks out, right? And so I grabbed a scene from one of the show uh, episodes that Lee and I watched recently. And, uh, and in this episode, or in this clip you're going to see, uh, Reese and one of his uh, partners are on the run because, again, they're doing this stuff in secret, okay? Uh, the government, they don't want them to know what's going on. And so they're on the run. And uh, take a look at what happens uh, in true form. John eventually just gets right up and walks away. So take a look at this. You tell that thing to get us out of here? Unless you want me to end this chase my way. You heard her. Exit routes, please. 300 yards right. There is no right. 200 yards right. 200 yards turn right. What right, John? You got a trash shot. 100 yards right. This is gonna be a rough landing. Okay, so, and, and so you see like, uh, like the, the, the woman, right? She gets out, she kind of limps a little bit, but John, he just gets up and walks away. And then he's like, oh, I need to use a helicopter, fellas, right? Kind of cracked me up in that episode a little bit. But I, I was thinking about John, because um, this happens over and over and over and over in the show. And some of you go, doesn't it get boring? And I'm like, no, I like seeing it every time, every time, right? So this is my thought though, see, keep track with me, okay? Um, the same can happen for real in our lives, folks. This year, 2020, we can emotionally keep getting back up. Folks, this year, relationally, we can just keep getting back up. In 2020, life can keep knocking us down. And if we are living in our identity of Christ, we can just keep getting back up and be like John Reese. I don't know about you, I want that. I want more of that. How many of you want more of that? Good, if you didn't, we'll pray for you after the service, all right? Man, that's a, I think that's a, a good picture of what really our true identity of living in Christ can look like, folks. And, and, and the reason it can look like that is because, see, when we choose to live in our identity in Christ and, and, and not let our circumstances be what drives us, see, we're, we're not then dependent on things that shift and move. 
We are on an unshakable foundation of Jesus Christ. It says in Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is an unshakable God. Isaiah 28, 16 says, so this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for, sure, for a sure foundation. And I love this part then. Then the one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. That sounds pretty good. Never stricken with panic. Man, can you imagine, folks, if 20, your 2020 would be that you would be never stricken with panic? I think you would probably go, that would be a good year. Write the statement in on your handout. An ability to repeatedly get back up requires acceptance of who he says I am. An ability to repeatedly get back up requires acceptance of who God says you and I are. That's true, folks. And, and the reality is it is our choice. It really is a choice that we have. That idea of choice reminded me of the story of Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, we looked at this a few months ago, uh, and I would encourage you again to, to reread it, relook at it this week on your own time. But essentially, to kind of recap the story, uh, Paul and Silas are put in prison, and instead of doing what I would do, or what I think most of us would do, and kind of freak out or worry and those kind of things, um, I would suggest to you this morning that, that I think Paul and Silas, what they did in this moment when they got arrested and they were put in jail, is they embraced their identity in God who they were and who God said they were in Christ. And what they did is instead of worrying, instead of freaking out, you know what they did? They began to sing. Sing hymns and praises to God. And then there's this earthquake and the jail's do jail doors open and they don't leave. And then ultimately what happens is, is the, the jailer and his family all end up becoming followers of Jesus. And, they, and all this thing, there's this big, major, awesome kind of moment that happens. It's a very cool story. But you see, what, what I want to, the reason I point that out to you this morning is to see, I think that they chose to see their identity rather than their situation. They chose to see their identity rather than their situation. And because they did, it changed not only the moment that they had there, but it changed it on a grander scale as well. More people had a, a relationship with Jesus. I was thinking about myself this week and I know that I've had moments in my life where I think I've done really well with this, you know, where like the, the world can be kind of crumbling around me and, and, I, and I can sit really well in the fact that's okay. Jesus is still, he's, he's good and the best is yet to come and all those kind of, I've had those moments. But I've also had these moments where I, uh, then I, I, I do, I freak out and I worry and I, I, I don't do that. And I don't sit in the identity that God has given me uh, like I should. And so I was thinking of a couple of specific examples. First one that came to my mind is when uh, my freshman year in high school, I was in two car accidents and within five minutes of each other. And uh, I probably should have been dead in both accidents. But some of you know this story because it's part of my testimony uh, of being a follower of Jesus. But man, I'll tell you what, in that sec after that second accident, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, guys, that, that God was with me. I, I felt the presence of God like I have never felt to this day since. I knew he was with me. And it's a big reason why I'm a follower of Jesus today. And it was after that, that, that I realized that God has a greater purpose for me and I'm going to live and sit in the identity of Christ. A few years later though, I would say I didn't do so well. When I had to move out of my house, my childhood home, move my mom out of our childhood home because of my dad's alcohol problem. I, I'll tell you that I don't think that I sat well in my identity in Christ in that moment. You know what I sat in? I sat in the angry guy. 
I, I sat in the fact that it was, I felt almost a sense of duty, like I, that I had to be angry because life had, had dealt me a, a rough hand. So I, I didn't do well in there. Then I also was thinking about when Lee and I had our miscarriage. We had a miscarriage before Elijah was born. And, and, I, and I will tell you this, it was painful having a miscarriage. But I will tell you that as I looked back on that this week and I remember Lee and I uh, being in our, uh, it was that we had an apartment up in, up in Michigan and I remember sitting in one of the spare rooms of there and, and her and I just weeping alongside each other and I remember feeling like it's gonna be okay because God has greater plans for us. The best is yet to come. You see, this idea of identity and why I wanted to start off 2020 and our first message with this is because, see, folks, this could be a game changer. Let's let this be the thing that helps keep us getting back up this year in 2020. Time and time again, next year and the next year and the next year. Because it is our choice. And I, and, I, and I think we can often get it wrong. I was talk, talking to the worship crew before we started this morning and I was like, you know, I think sometimes it can change even from moment to moment, week to week, month to month, year to year. We can, we, yes, we, some of us even that we're followers of Jesus, we can sometimes still get this wrong, folks, because we embrace the things of this world. I think if we would go into this year and, and really embrace it, I think, man, we would see a significant, man, we, what would God do in your life? What would God do in my life, folks, if we really, really, for this year, he said, I'm going to sit in this and I'm going to be okay. The world could crumble around us and we're fine. I think it's something worth to think about. So that's point number two. Knowing we're marked helps keep us positively charged. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.